to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, greetings, my friends. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and for all the places that you could be, You've decided to spend some of your time with us today, and for that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your good and your bad podcast. If you, it's, I think it's part of Audible still. It's doing something on Amazon. I don't Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. We appreciate all the people that have found ways to get us to where we need to be so you can hear us. If you want to follow us on the socials, Facebook is the best place to do that. Local Bar Media is our page over there. Go check us out. Links to some of our friends from time to time. Sometimes some funny pictures. Something stupid every now and then. You never know. And then, of course, if you want to reach me, chad at localbarmedia.com is the place to do that. I felt like we spent the second half of 2003 constantly saying, well, we've been away for a while, but we're back. I mean, it it felt like ever since June, we've been away for a while, but but we'll be back. But we're back. Yeah, we've been away for a while, but we're back constantly. Good show here, good guest there, and then silence. And we've been away for a while, but we'll be back. Um, I'm starting the year by saying (laughs) we've been away for a while, but we'll be we're back. Yeah, we're back for good, for real. I can promise you, I don't know. Um, I, I, I do I do want you to know a couple of things. Number one, I appreciate all the emails that we've gotten. Uh, the, the, the show that I did back after Thanksgiving, or the show about Thanksgiving, uh, about the young lady named, uh, well, we call her Matilda. Now, I got some very nice emails about that. Someone did ask me if I went back to Jacksonville for Thanksgiving, I did not, but I went back in early December and just a little inside here. I, I was going to go down to the landing where that whole, the, the subject of that whole show happened. Um, but I decided not to, and I went to the family's house, but I was, I was running a little early. So I decided to go to this really cool, uh, it's really cool bar. That's got tons of retro, uh, old school video games in it. And just to stop by, have a beer. And they were they were paving the parking lot and working on uh, putting some Christmas lights up or something like that. And so I um I kind of parked at the building next door and got out and and I was just I could not help but smile and my heart smiled a little bit too. It was a Hooters, and I thought it was funny that I I had skipped where that one was. And ended up pulling into one. And anyway, I did not go inside. I all I almost did. I almost went in for one beer, and I was like, "No, I'm just, I'll get my, I'll get my, I'm going here and get beer over here where people are fully clothed and stuff like that." But I, I do appreciate all the the emails I got on that show. Um, and then uh, I I did get quite a few emails from listeners and people that that some people that know our family some people that follow us uh, pretty good over uh the social media because we are pretty open with who we are over there uh mainly due to uh, our family being that way but also with our other show welding a family we've always been very uh very open uh about the things that are going on with us and um I did a show uh back in August or September 
uh, about my my brother in law that passed. He passed away at the same time Jimmy Buffett did. Their their lives were oddly uh, similar in in some ways. And uh, I, I I did a show about uh, Jay, and with Christmas coming up, some people had sent some nice emails saying, you know, we know it'll be a tougher. Um, holiday for your wife and her mom and people like that and I, I do appreciate those those things that you said it, it it really means a lot it kind of explains where we've been though you know one of the things about any kind of death and any kind of grief is you you really have to take time and you have to give it space it's one of the things that I learned in all the years that I've walked with people as they've been dealing with saying goodbye to loved ones and uh, dealing with end of life themselves. And it's just it's just one of those things that I'm very aware of. And I've tried to be uh, very present for my wife and family. And, you know, you still have work and you got kids and you got everything going. And I've, I really have put a lot of stuff on the back burner the second half of the year. Um, projects I was working on individually, some stuff I was doing around the house, anything to sometimes look like you're just sitting around and not doing something to help visibly show that the space is there. And a lot of sitting and watching stuff on TV and not even talking, but just being there sometimes. Uh, if you if you if you would like to know, I'll tell you that uh, I think everybody's doing fine. Um, they, they've handled it very well. I think everyone's healing in a very positive way. But there is a reason this time why we've been gone. You know, my my just real quick, if you're a new listener, my wife, uh, her her brother is 40, um, 42, uh, developed a very strange, rare form of leukemia in July and in a matter of two weeks passed away. It was a big surprise. It was something that we're still not sure exactly what happened. Doctors are still confused by it and, and looking at his case. But it's a very, very tough thing for the family to deal with, as you can uh, as you can imagine. And getting into the holidays was something that we knew it's a hurdle we're going to have to to learn to overcome. But we need to go into it together. Sadly, two days before Christmas, my wife and I were over at some friend's house and we left and we got a call from the family that Maria's sister had been killed in a car wreck. It was a single car car wreck. She was uh, a mile away from her house coming home from work, and for some reason her car went off the road. She lost control um, somehow, and uh, she was killed instantly, leaving behind a, a an eight-year-old son. As you can imagine, this has been, um, this has been a very trying time for everyone. We are uh, getting things settled, you know, figure things out. We've got a funeral this weekend. Um, and, and some other things that we have to deal with. We've actually, and I, I don't want to go too far into it because it's it's of extended family uh, as far as the connections are concerned, but there was yet another death last week. Uh, not someone we're as close to, but just within the family's grasps. And it's it's just been one thing after another. But obviously the, the death of my wife's sister uh, on top of going through the holidays without her brother has been very, very trying. Um but there is there is something to all that that has allowed for me, as I've been trying to give my wife space, as I've tried to be there for the family, the girls are handling everything just fine for any of you that have passed. Um, there are a couple of things that I did during the, the, the last few weeks that really allowed for me to prioritize some things. 
And I, I do want you to know that uh, one of them is to quit saying we've been gone for a while here. Uh, I, I think it's this show has done very well through the years. You have been a part of this show. You know that I don't like to put crap out there. So if it's not something good or if something didn't really make a difference and it's just a bunch of talking that I think goes nowhere, I don't put the show out. And I just have not been able to, I think on my end, bring something to the table. Uh, I found myself uh, reinvigorated. And really looking forward to some of the things that I've set up, plus some of the people that have canceled on me <laughs> over the past few months. They owe me. And, uh, man, if I can get them all lined up, it's going to be a good string of shows. Um, also, we've put a Welding a Family to the side, and I think we've probably done it indefinitely. I think uh, this show allows for my wife and I to speak whenever we can. I think it's just a matter of time for Maria, but right now it's also a matter of space. And so it's one of those things that we we may readdress, we may not, but if it does anything else, it'll allow for us to put our resources back into one show instead of two. And 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 I think everybody will be fine with that now. I have not actually officially talked to Maria about this, but we haven't done a show in a while. I'm not saying never, but we'll we'll see where it goes. More importantly, though, um, we are going to be able to uh, really kind of focus back here um, where we feel like we need to be and make sure that we're putting out the shows that need to be there. And I do appreciate and I just I'm opening this up not for sympathy or uh, not to play towards uh, uh, your heartstrings. So you give me uh, any kind of excuse for for not being around as much the second half of the year. But understand, in this show's entire history, it has been a very strange time. And I um, I appreciate the um, I appreciate the words people have sent. And I appreciate you thinking of my family. And just know that I've been thinking of you. And uh, I know how important this show is for me. I hope it's some importance to you uh, into the vehicle that it is of bringing uh, content out there. So... Please understand that my family has been through a lot, and I'm not just saying that. It, it is something that has really been very tough for us, but we are getting through it, and I am going to, as I have before in the past, use this show for some healing as well. Beginning of the year, I, I was thinking about, you know, it's it's always the New Year's resolution stuff. Man, I've done plenty of shows on that crap. I And if you want to know my opinion, just go listen to any first of the year show. And they're all pretty aptly marked. You can tell by the title what my thoughts are on resolutions. But I can't help but think, yeah, it's part of it because of what my family's gone through. My wife's remaining brother, Josh, and his family, and, and you know some of the good times we've had with them over this past year before all the tragedies started you know, kind of falling in. Uh, some other old friends that I've kind of come across uh, over the past year that I've seemed to just kind of reconnect with, haven't really heard from in a while. And then, well, then there's the other part. That part where you've got friends around you, but for some reason, they might be just down the street and you just haven't seen them. And it, it really got me thinking about people that I wanted to spend time with this year, people I haven't heard from in a while. And uh, I started even one day flipping through my Facebook friends, just thinking, I wonder what in the world's going on with this person. I can't help but think about uh, where we are today as a society 
and how we converse with each other, but also just what friendships really are like when you're an adult. And they're different in every stage, you know, that right out of college to right into your professional life to right during your first marriages and stuff. It's always weird how your friendships change. But I I noticed something different when I really put some thought into it. And that was that the friends that I have now and the friendships that I have now in a lot of ways do not resemble my friendships from the past. It's no disrespect to the friends I've had. There are some giants in my life that because of who they are, when they were, they will always hold a place on the Mount Rushmore of the friends that I have. But it is it is it is very different. And I, I just was sitting around and I, I couldn't put my finger on it and I couldn't think of, of how I wanted to express it. But I figured there was someone that could. And it was a guy that I haven't talked to in a while and a good friend that I haven't had on the show in a long time. So I figured I'd call him up. And I've got a little bit more to say on this subject, but nobody can delve into this better than my old buddy, Mr. Hank Thorpe. So here's the time I spent with Hank, and I'll talk to you very briefly on the other side of this break. There's a girl in Texas waiting for me. Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea and I I saw her once on my TV and I know this sounds crazy but I believe in destiny all right there we go now, now I'm all good how you been man how's it been going with you um uh everything is good so you know how I well I don't know if this is the same thing for you but you know how like you have all of this stuff that's happening as you're getting engaged and as you're getting married and, and like everything is busy and crazy. And then oh, yeah. just like you're, you are now in that, in that spot after you're married where you're like, um, I pretty much just go to work and then go to, <laughs> I go to the occasional couples party or concert that there. And yeah, sure. There's a vacation here and there, but like there is not currently any large life happenings right now. Yes, it's called it's called life. That's that's what uh, happens, Henry. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, <laughs> and I gotta say, like, I don't I don't have a huge problem with it, but it's it, it's weird when people ask you, "Oh man, so what's new?" Um, absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah. I, is, is, that, <laughs> is that okay? You know, it's it's so funny. I had. Um, Gosh, it'll come to me in a minute where I, I stole it from. There's a saying that I say all the time, and I, I, I got it from some TV show or, or movie. And people will ask, I think it came from the movie Beautiful Girls. I think that's where it came from. And someone asked, uh, like, whatever anybody said, hey, you know, uh, how are things going? And I'm like, everything's fine. Nothing changes but the seasons for me. And it, right. it, 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 I've always said that because it's the most truthful thing I've ever said. Really, since since I, I've I've gotten married, but you, I I I get where you're coming from. You know, when you're um, the year before you get married, is nuts. I mean, oh, like the planning that goes into that. I I just it's oh, boy. not only that, yeah. not, not only that, the cost of everything. I, I, I think <laughs> I, 
I think I may have told you this. When Marie and I were getting married, I called some place down there in Merle's Inlet, right? Just, just, just some place to see if we could, where we could have like a reception. And uh, they, they asked me, like, how many people are you all expecting? I kind of told them, whatever. And they're like, yeah, that, that sounds fine. We can accommodate that. That's all good. And they gave me a price, and it sounded really good. I was like, well, let me, let me run this by my wife uh, or my fiance because she's obviously the one that's making these decisions since it's all wedding-related. And they're like, oh, oh, this is for a wedding? Dude, they came back. It was three times as expensive. And I'm like, for what? For what? <laughs> Nothing's changed. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was the, the, there was uh, I don't remember where Haley found this, but there was some discussion board she was on of people saying, is it morally OK to lie and not tell people that it's for a wedding? Because like you just said, if it's that if it's 60 people for a 14 year old birthday or 60 people for a wedding, does it make a difference for the venue? I don't yeah. know. I've never run a venue, so I can't tell you if it is highway robbery or if there is some fair market value that they're trying to match. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, like I, you know, if there, if there's something that you, I mean, I get that you can charge more because you can, but, but yep. the, you know, given one price and then going back and the only thing that's changed is the word wedding, it, you know, drives me nuts. Well, let's, let's, let's start there real quick. I'm, how, how, how long has it been now? A year and a half? How long have you been married now? Yep, a year and a half. We got married May 21st of 2022, so we are getting, uh, I am not, and this is how you know I'm not a parent, because I don't count in months, I just count in time, and so, yeah, it's almost, so almost, so pretty close to two years. Okay, gotcha. What, um, go, go back to pre-engagement, Hank. Okay. And now... If you if you're if you're looking at a case study of pre engagement Hank to post wedding Hank, what what are the biggest changes? I mean, really, when you look at it, is there is there anything that's dramatically different? Well, um, I was so um, I doubt you'll remember this because there was just so much happening on the actual wedding day because Chad, you and your wife were there. So yeah. my, so my best man Stephen. It was kind of an under-the-table statement leading up to the rest of his toast. But he looks to me while he's holding the microphone during the toast and said, you know, Hank is the most uh, – What I, he said something to the effect of Hank is the most uh, married single guy I've ever known. <laughs> I love and it. So, and so and, – and that got a giggle from the crowd and an eye roll from me. So – there was a, I would, I would say there's a lot of things that I had already done, but I, what I will say is um, uh, the understanding of uh, actually, yep, yep. Now that now I'm as I'm working sh- workshopping this live, I was on the phone with one of my other groomsmen. I have known him since I was six years old, and we were talking about. The, the the debates or arguments or places we would have dug our heels in when we were younger. The the uh, times were the times where we knew that we were right about something and made it a point to know that the person who was wrong knew that they were wrong. And for me, there are certain points in this version of me 
that just say, you know what, it, being right isn't that important. And uh, having, and, and it's not that I am blatantly at any point looking at my wife or anybody around me and saying, I'm going to lay down and you can step on me. It's just more of a, do I really care that much? It's not yeah. that important. It was, what's more important is that everybody is relaxed and everybody is calm. Because I enjoy the idea of a nice, calm scenario, a nice, peaceful ecosystem. And once upon a time, my peaceful ecosystem was me being right at the center of it. Sure. Now, it's more of a, for example... If my wife wants to create a charcuterie board for the next uh, gaming party we go to, and she comes back to me with her, the idea for the board, and if there's 10 people at the party and each person is bringing something, she could very easily tell me that she needs six cheeses for the board. Okay. And I could very easily, if I've already heard what everybody else is making, Somebody's making soup. Somebody's making a giant bread bowl. Somebody's making a pasta casserole. I could just as quickly say, hey, why don't we save some money and only get three cheeses and some fruit? <laughs> right. But, but I also know that the charcuterie boards, it is my wife's happiness. If she wasn't a phenomenal home organizer, she could very easily open up a business doing that. And so it's just like, eh, go ahead. Go ahead, cool. Uh, yeah. make, make, make it happen because you know what? The oohs and ahs she gets from people when they're looking at it or eating it and the enjoyment she gets after it's done, the love she gets with the picture she takes of it, all of that is so much more important than me saying, let's save 12 bucks. Sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It, it ain't worth it. it it's funny. It, it harkens back to – if you remember the old uh, Heathcliff Huxtable, the, one of the, or it may have just been a, it may have been uh, a stand-up routine that Bill Cosby did. You know, God rest his reputation. Uh, but the, mm -hmm. back when he used to uh, just delight us all the time, there was something that he used to say: "Is like you could either be right, or you can either be married." And it was, it was. I, I, I get now that I've been married before and twice now. But married for so long, what you're saying, there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that's what he was – not just the joke of you don't want to fight all the time, but it's like, is it really that important? You can't yeah. let something slide on the other side. Does, that, does everything have to come down to a pragmatic decimal point? I, I, yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I'm saying. So that is – that is definitely something that, uh, that, 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 that is definitely one thing. Now, if we have the time to spare, and you can edit some of this out if necessary, because you and I tend to run long when we chat. So, Chad, can you, you are a better candidate to answer this question than me, because you have now, you are now in a very successful marriage. And the first one, I won't say it was successful, but you're on a second one. Sure, so, yeah. can you, can you pull, one difference from when you were married the first time versus now. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll go for something that's not um, an everyday answer. I, I think one of the things that's different is in 
in my first marriage, I was married for 13 years, and I really felt like if there was a problem, it needed to be snuffed out immediately. Like if there was a fire oh. in the trash can, you got to put it out or the whole room is going to catch on fire. And whatever it takes to put this problem out, that's oh. what you've got to do. Stomp on it. Who cares if you're using the right type of fire extinguisher? Spray that oh. joker down now. Okay. Now, one of the things I realize now is that really hardly anything is an emergency. And that if if you let the reactions go and you let your emotional response go by, that a lot of times you end up making a better decision to where you're not spreading the fire or it's not coming back. I mean, not just working in, in hospice, but really from working in my marriage. Even, you know, life, it matters of life and death. Even death's not an emergency every time. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. And I think that, I think that's the thing. And, it, and it's, it's not that different from your answer. I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, slowing down, taking a breath, realizing it's not all an emergency. You got it. You got to do it now. That, that has been, um, that has been very hell, especially lately in our lives, but that, that's, that's been probably one of the more, um, Probably one of the probably one of the most important lessons I've learned in, in that whole transition. Okay. What um, what about so like when you look at Haley? I don't want to get you in any trouble. So don't say anything that's gonna get you in trouble because I know she's gonna listen to this. But what about Haley? What do you see different from from Haley pre pre marriage to 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 to, to post a pre engagement to to post marriage? Anything you can tell different about her? Um, one of the things that uh, one of the things that, and I, I, I joke with her, joking, not joking with her. I say to her some level of frequently, this is why you married me, or this is why you found <laughs> me. Is, um, there are times where I, I want to remind her that, and, and the early version of her to the person now uh, I try to remind her that no matter how many things you put on a to-do list, if it doesn't all get done in a day, you're not a bad person. And if you, if you because we as people forget about the logistics of a to-do list, because you'll write down five things, you'll write down 10 things, you'll write down however many things you want on a to-do list but you forget about the driving to it and how long it takes once you're there. If you need to pick up groceries, unless uh, no, no matter what, whether you're walking in to get them or you're doing the online ordering and then the curbside pickup, it all actually takes time. Right. And then you have to take, and then you have to drive to the recycling center and then you have to drive to the car wash and then you have to, drive back home and put the groceries away. And then you have to start the laundry. All of these things all take more time than you think. And I've, I have helped her with the concept of understanding the logistics, but she has done a great job as the years have rolled on in being less hard on herself yeah. for not getting everything done sure. and understanding that tomorrow can be another day to work on some things or to prioritize what is the most important things on the list. Hmm. Hmm. I got you. All right. 
Well, looking looking at the two of y'all and how that happened and stuff like that, I got a, I got a weird question for you. You know, you look at your look at your uh, entire relationship and uh, and focus on the the friendship aspect of it. You know, just the, who who you are as as friends in conjunction with being a, a couple and being husband and wife and all that. How has your friendship with each other changed? Anything you can you can tell about that? It may be kind of a weird question, but do you see where I'm coming from? Um, uh, I do see where you're coming from. Um, I, and maybe because we were friends for so long, the 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 like the base level. So we knew so much about each other. We knew each other's dating history or dating habits. We knew that stuff already. So there was there was a lot less conversations about who we were because we already knew. Um, I will I I will say um, I will actually call myself I'm, I'm going to put a quick negative spotlight on myself All and right. say um, when you're friends with somebody, you can get into a dispute and walk away and let that time breathe and then figure out how to move on and, and, move, and work accordingly. So I will say in an unfortunate way that in a relationship when you're with the person every day, uh, I I actually have a small struggle with the every now and then I do have a struggle with the with the saying what's on my heart or saying what's on my mind like because I, I in general I am a person this is at work this is with family this is everywhere I tend to just kind of brush things off and say ah it's not that big a deal but unfortunately every now and then something is yeah and. And you can look back at my 45-ish years, and I have certain unresolved issues with certain friends that kind of just, I pushed away and was like, hey, it's no big deal. They really pissed me off, and here's why they really pissed me off, but I don't know that it's worth saying, that it's worth talking about. Okay. And... In a marriage, that's a little different because then if you're not careful, that's something that can build up and and become an issue later. So yeah. I will say this. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm working backwards and saying, Oh, wait, this is this is my chance to now that I am married to a great friend, my best friend, as the as it all goes. Yeah, maybe this is my chance to actually be the 100% authentic friend I was supposed to be this whole time. Maybe I was supposed to be a person that came back every time something was big enough to bother me that much and say something about it. Because I can tell you, that same guy I told you about earlier that I've known since I was six, there's been moments where he said, man, I wish you would have told me that earlier. Yeah. And I I respect whenever he used to say that to me, 
And all I could say at the time was, well, I didn't really want to get in a debate with you. I wanted to just take the time to figure it out. Now, the amount of time I took to figure it out and then come back around to it, that's, that's where things get a little poisonous if I'm not careful. So, sure. so I, I feel like, as a, once again, as we're workshopping this, the fact that I married my best friend maybe gives me the opportunity to actually have a fully authentic friendship where if my friend slash spouse hurts me, I can actually not just brush it off and do something about it in a timely fashion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I, um, I, I was talking with someone a couple of years ago and they said something I thought was kind of brilliant. They're like, you know, people talk about when you, when you're dating and, or, you know, and just living together, that that can be just like being married. And he's like, Oh man, there's a big thing. You don't realize about that. If you're dating and you're living together and you get mad, you can leave. Yep. <laughs> if you're married, you can't. And it's a it's a it's a totally different thing that you've got to learn uh within yourself. What's what's your what's your favorite thing so far about about being married? You know what? Um it's I <laughs> um and <laughs> maybe this is maybe maybe I'm supposed to say something else, but uh the first thing that came to my mind was just how little I am concerned about impressing people because I have the very, I have the very relaxed knowledge that I will come home and somebody wants to be in my company sure. for all of, for, for all the guy, for, for the guy that, uh, comes home from work at 12:30 to 1:30 in the morning, and every so often will stand in the kitchen with no shirt on, eating over the sink. She she still wants to be with me. Yeah, and the, uh, and so that so so that is a very comforting thing. So every so often, when I go to when I go to across the street to Whole Foods. And I haven't shaved in two and a half weeks. I haven't cut my hair. My bald spot is as clear as the sun's bright. Right. I just, I just think I don't have to impress any of these hoes out here. I have a, <laughs> I have a lady at home that randomly still thinks I'm attractive, even though I look like the Wolfman, as my dad used to say. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the so. So the the very relaxing security of knowing that somebody wants to be in your company that that's pretty darn that's pretty darn good i think that's i, I think it's a great i think it's an un, I, I think it's an underemphasized point maria will tell you the same thing i mean she'll tell you from a female's point of view that, that sometimes it's nice to just be i mean especially with the more pressure that's put on females to look certain ways and things like that i mean it's not that she doesn't care what yeah, about how she looks and plus she's got it easy and haley's the same way there's a, there's a lot of natural beauty to them. they don't have to worry about it that much but yeah. there is there is something that's nice about not having to do that and i i, I feel you too i mean i i get these dudes i get where you can let it go to the extreme and you can let yourself go i, I try not to do that I take my butt to the gym and stuff but right. it is it is i understand where people where people can get like that i wonder if some of that too though Hank, is 
you know, you got married later in life. You, I, yes. I told you, I've told you before, that's how you do it. You either go ahead and get married young and get your mulligan out of the way or, or wait <laughs> and get married later like you're supposed to. And uh, I think I think one of the things that's different that I got a taste of your world, um, although it's different for me because I was dropped in it and you gradually went into it, was that. I I got married in 2001, so dating was going to bars, finding people, and, and, and living life that way. Ooh. You had that, and you've always worked in food and beverage, and you you know how that deal is. But you had that dang like uh, internet dating, app dating, and yep. all that stuff. And I you gradually walked into that water. When I came out of my first marriage, it was 2013. That that was some weird waters to be dumped into. I you know not dealing with that crap has got to kind of help in that same vein of of not having to worry about stuff anymore, wouldn't you think? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Both both Haley and I because we don't have oh let's see we don't have a lot of friends right now that are single. But as recently as a year ago, one of Haley's absolute closest like top three top four friend was single and we used to listen to the stories of either the dating uh stories on bumble or tinder and then the stories of the men that she was with all in the name of being in a relationship and the i got lucky that i i was on I got into a relationship uh, towards the end of 2014, and she was she was at your wedding to Maria. We have affectionately referred to her as Anne from a rest. Right, hey, nobody remember her. That's right. That's exactly. <laughs> and so, so I just I was on the beginning of Tinder and Bumble, but it was not what it is now it's it's it, it uh, when i was single at least it was still a, a match.com date where you messaged yeah. for a little while and then met in the parking lot and walked in together and all that it wasn't yeah here's i'm sitting at the bar right now i'm pulling up my phone oh four seats down is somebody who's interested and, and I it, and this is a generational thing, if nothing else. And I'm so glad that Haley is an old soul and a millennial because we have a very similar mindset. And we neither one of us misses being single. Neither one of us misses the kissing frogs to get to the prince. N neither one of us at any, but the both of us actually interacted with people to get to where we were. We both dated and talked with people and interacted. We, it wasn't sitting at home and Netflixing and chill and then looking at Tinder and deciding you wanted to go out and get something. You actually were, as the old folks would say, pounding the pavement, if any of this is making sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. And it gives you the – it gives you not only – it builds up your conversational – and interactive muscles, but it also makes you appreciate just how much nicer it is to be at home with one person and be stable with one person. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Wait a minute. I got to go back to something you just said. 
Is that how those apps are now? You you like go to an area and they just like kind of geofence you in an in a, in a restaurant or a bar, and they and they bring up the people that are around you first. Is is that something that happens? Um, I'm gonna say with ninety two percent assurity that is how the grinders and tenders work. Is that you put in your profile, you put in what you're looking for, and it. And it geographically, it, it's like when you type in pizza near me and Google tells you the closest pizza joint and then the one after that and then the one after that and then the one after that. And I'm 92% sure that, that the dating apps on your phone are the exact same thing. No way. That is too demolition, man. I mean, people are going to be using three shells in a day after getting into that. that, that I, can't, I can't do that. That's, that's now, Chad, now, Chad, let me just go ahead and see if uh, our collective heads can spin even further. I'm pretty sure that there are also – now, uh, okay, hold on. Let me, let me say the explosive one first, and then I'll try to dial it back. Okay, I'm pretty right. sure that there are also apps where you can find a third person to add to your relationship. I'm pretty sure it's not just Tinder and Bumble. I'm pretty sure. sure that's I, don't, the fun. I don't doubt that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, now, now this whole uh, geolocation, something to something, if I wanted to use this to my advantage as a married man, I could actually do it as a massage therapist. So there is um, Soothe is one of the apps, and Zeal, I want to say, is another one where – you as a massage therapist, similar to Uber, you clock in, and if somebody okay. wants a massage and doesn't care if you know the person or not, you just type in massage, or you just turn on the app and find a massage therapist nearby, and I drive to your home, work, 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 and out I go. So there is a positive light to this that whole ability. thing. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, that's that's how Uber got to be a thing. That's how... Uber Eats. I mean, there, there's, there's positives to it, but there's also very, uh, there's also a tornado and headache to it all, which is where we started on this conversation. Well, it's, it's funny. I, like I, I can, I get the functionality. I completely understand that. And in, and in today's day and age, with everybody online, I'm not knocking dating apps uh, completely because that, that's how Maria and I met. I mean, I get it. When mm -hmm. your circle is only so big. You, you you sometimes don't – I mean, Columbia is a small city, and Maria and I had never ran into each other before. So it, you don't know how you're going to overlap with someone if you ever are at all. So I, I get that, and obviously for business-related stuff, you know, I, I, com I completely understand that. The idea of being in a bar, though, that's been geofenced and I'm looking around for people, I guess the thing about that is maybe it's just that – a little bit of that generational gap. Like going yeah. from the the thrill of the hunt to going to McDonald's to get your order. Like it's just like <laughs> if I'm in a bar and I want to strike up a conversation with someone that I you know I, I look at I think is attractive that, that seems to fit my you know my taste for what I want physically. Okay, now I'm going to go in and see if the internal matches what what I like as well. And and there's that dance that you got to do and, and all that. It seems like that it it kind of oversteps that, which has got to be at least. A, a very a very important part in just interpersonal communication. Forget dating, but just just a, a step of it there. And I, I guess that's the part that feels manufactured to me. Like you said, with like ordering an Uber, 
if I've got a messed up back and I need a, a, a massage and I got, I know there are therapists around me, but I don't care who it is because I'm dying. Sure. Who yeah. cares? We, you know, it maybe we'll build a relationship off of it and you'll be my go-to guy, but I don't need that today. Sure. I right. get that. I don't want dating to feel that way. It kind of feels like it's already getting off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is the, that, and so you and me and Haley and Maria, we are all in that same, we're all in that same generation where you interact with people. And that's, right. that is, and another, and I'm going in a weird direction for a quick second, but that's another reason why I don't want kids is that I would so deeply struggle with the idea of, of a, of a kid that came from me not understanding interaction, just everyday interaction other than going to school. It's yeah. so crazy to think that there are kids these days that will spend more time on their phones watching YouTube. It, it, it was it was a crazy thing to me. And as a parent, I probably would want my kids just to be quiet and calm for a little while, talking about the ecosystem earlier. I remember I was at a party over the summer, uh, summer of last year, and we, I walked from where we were eating uh, some crawfish into the bathroom, and there was one, two, three, four, I think there was five kids sitting on couches and laying on the floor, and they were all watching YouTube playthroughs of Minecraft. Okay. And, I, and it, was, it was just weird to me that five kids could be so fixated on the on a playthrough of the game versus maybe playing the game together. I mean, that was my, the, the my birthday parties. Well, 25, 30 years ago, my birthday parties were two hand touch football for the first half and then go home, pull out the super Nintendo with the five controllers. And now we're playing FIFA soccer. We're, we're playing super bomber, man. It yeah. was it's weird to see this generation is watching people play video games versus playing them together. That's it's a weird thing to me, and I and I, I'll tell you, I'm never one to talk anybody into having kids, even though I've got great kids. But I tell you, I, I I tell people all the time, don't look at my kids. My kids, I hardly had to teach them anything. My kids were just awesome anyway. My kids were fool you into thinking kids are easy. I've met other nice. people's kids, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you, it, it, ain't, it ain't you ain't you don't get. You don't get carbon copies of what you want. It's just the way that it is. I um, the weird that it, it, that's been a weird thing for me too. I can see the accessibility of being able to watch someone do something and maybe uncover hints or show different things. I get that. It's weird to me that they do it all on separate devices because you and I sat around and we all watched TV and we all watched videos on MTV and we you know we talked about that and there was there was something active. It is more inclusively singular it's just it's just yeah. very weird and i and i and i don't i don't understand that aspect of it i i do my girls are a little bit on the other side of that though to where they'll do that and they'll be mesmerized by something on youtube for for hours but they will also they'll play a lot of games with their friends and when they're together um they're active and, and the, the younger one plays games on roblox over um, FaceTime while they're playing. So there, there is some stuff there and I, I kind of get that, but it is strange. It is, it is something that I look at and I'm like, I, 
I mean, I could get into it for a minute or two, and I could I could watch it for a second, but then I'd be like, I, I, I need some more interaction here somehow. If I'm sitting in a room full of people, you and I both you're cut from the same cloth on this. I, I get it. But I have a hard time not talking to someone, and I, I don't understand that inherent human idea of wanting to have that kind of communication. And it, it does seem to be a, a blanketed thing that, that, that is kind of like – it is kind of in that realm. It's just that's a weird thing for me too. It makes me wonder what kind of dating app they're going to be using if they're even dating at all by the time they get older. Who knows? Yeah, very fair question. I mean, some of the some of the things you hear, so I don't, I don't know. But which brings me to my my next point: talking about yeah. friendships and stuff. When we look at the kids, you look at kids nowadays, and you look at you know you you you're pretty astute to this. You've got people around you that have kids. You know what I'm what we're getting at. And you look at where we were, and as we're getting older, I hate to say it, that you and I are getting older. I mean, the fact that that, that 50 is approaching, both, 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 which, is, which is weird, just weird to say. How old were we when we met? 25, 26? Um, Jack White's wedding, this is 2006? Yeah. So they're coming, are they coming? Kathy and Jeff are coming up on uh, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you said seventeen years. So so yeah, go ahead. Just just lock sixteen, seventeen years off, and that's where yeah, we're at. That's where. So we're you know we're looking now, and I, you know I, I'm I'm curious how you are. You're you're someone you know you've you've hosted podcasts, you've done it for a long time, you've you've worked food and beverage industry, you you start off in your own business, uh, massage therapy and stuff like that. Been very successful, all that kind of stuff's going on for you. You're now married. You're now at this part where you've done all the things. You've done all the growing up things, right? Now that you're looking at it, when you look at friends you have today against any other time in your life, what do you think is the main difference? Um, okay. Uh, tell you what, but so, (laughs) okay. I do have so, so there's one little anecdote I will bring up. Um, I so I could so I could sit here and use my wedding day because we're talking about me for the moment, not us. We're talking about me. Sure. Um, yeah. We could talk about my wedding day kind of as as a really interesting microcosm. And I would and you told me yesterday uh, that the that this conversation was going to have some level of revolving around friendship. And so, of course, I was kind of just thinking, spitballing ideas. Didn't know what the questions were going to be, but I was just spitballing. And I was thinking about if you were to stand at my wedding and look across the sea of people, subtract the family and just look at the friends, I've got this table of friends that I've known since elementary school slash high school. And then I've got this, this uh, clump of friends now that I, and my friends from Michigan don't count. They, I, I see them on Facebook, but I was only there four years. So you can only forge such tight friendships, but I will, I've almost been in Texas 20 years now. And so it was, I could look to see the different jobs I had or the different sectors of life I had and I could, and they were all sitting at tables together. My high school friends were sitting at one table. 
My Uncle Julio's restaurant friends were over here. My Taverna Rosa friends are sitting over there. The friends I made that that my 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 neighbors used to be over there. And then here's my here's my bridal party over here. This is the quote unquote top eight, if you will, or something to that effect. So what I tried to do, and then you look at the other side where primarily my wife's friends are, and there's that funny Chris Rock joke in there where you are meeting your then-girlfriend, now-wife's friends, spouses for the first time, and it's kind of a, hey, um, his name's Greg. He likes whiskey, too. Go talk to him for a minute. Right. It's, 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 right. it's a Chris Rock joke of, he likes baseball. You like baseball. Go. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, I remember when I was a kid, my mom was a public school teacher, and she wanted to hang out with one of her public school teacher friends. Okay, Hank. We're going to we're going to Irene and, and Gilles' house. Her son's names are Mark and Dorian. They both <laughs> play video games. We're going to the house. Right. Yeah. I like the video games of my house. I don't want to go anywhere. And then you got to make so the, this dynamic never stops. Yeah. Now that goofy rant aside, when you look across that sea of people, I was trying to find a common a common thing, a common denominator. And all of these people are still in my life, whether it's on a day-to-day basis or are there for my, for my biggest day. They're all there because they inherently in some way or another care about me, care about seeing my happiness, care about, and, and this is where I start to struggle because I, 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 I see, like, I, because I, I was trying to figure out overnight while I was at work, like, is there a true definition of friendship? Like, I don't know that there is one, but I can tell you that all those people, the, the 129 people, however many of them are, I consider my friends, whether it's through my wife through my jobs, through high school, whatever. They all have common things. They all see something in me that they like, and I see something in them that I like, and we interact, and we vibe, and we energize all in a way that is good for each other. And maybe some of these people are kind of a stamp in time of what you were, but still, it's, it's good. I mean, I, and, and what's really fun is when you see a person who was a stamp in what you were then, and they interact well with a person you are close with now. And it's kind of reaffirming that some part of you, whether you knew it was there or not, is still there. Yeah. This is all, I'm, I'm starting to get a pinch existential, so I hope I'm not rambling and talking. No, 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 no I get okay. it. So... For perfect example, uh, our good friend Jeff White, he uh, he was one of the I would call him one of the MVPs of the wedding weekend because he was Jeff. He was high personality, high energy, high alcohol content. Right. And so at one point, I walk over to my buddy Greg, who is the husband of one of one of my wife's bridesmaids, and I say, Greg. Um, 
I, uh, so I, I got a guy I want you to meet. He's been drinking since six o'clock today. He's probably had too much <laughs> to have a conversation. And Greg looks me dead in the face. He says, there's no such thing. I said, that's perfect. You guys are going to get along. That's fine. <laughs> so I, so I put, so if you, so you know this about Jeff, if you've known anything about Jeff White, it's that at some point he's going to be singing karaoke with the owner of a brewery, possibly with no shirt on. Sure. Right. Right. And Greg is that same thing. And so the two of them, that was, that, that was easily the most white on rice, pardon the phrase, I could have ever thought of. But in, in that room of 129 people, there were so many different interactions like that. There were so many different people, excuse me, that I or Haley was their common link, but then they found a link or vibe, a piece of energy within each other. Yeah. And that's, that's a, uh, so I think to answer your question, every person that I consider a friend at some point can probably be a friend to somebody else in my life. Like hmm. we are, we are some piece of some collective where we are for some short time or some long time. We're like, we're cool together and some part of us is like energized or amplified and then we go our and then we go our own ways and then at some point or another maybe we'll come back and that's the friends I have had the friends I have kept the friends that have been and I can sit here and get real macro real micro about like what I value from friendship because that's right. different from that's different for everybody everybody's yeah. bucket gets filled differently everybody's everybody's timing on how often you talk to people is different but just in general just so long as you've got people around you that amplify some good part of you that energize you in some way that understand you and help you be a better version or at least a more enjoyable version of you that's like the starting point yeah I think one of the things I love, and that's a that's a brilliant point, man. And I'm, um, it's a perfect way to wrap wrap this up. I I I think that's something that I probably have not thought about, and in some ways taken for granted. I my the people that are in my circles today could be friends with any of them. I I don't see where one of them wouldn't have some common ground, and it doesn't have to be me or my family. Like I, I could absolutely see that. I I know that's not true for the earlier years in my life. And I, I oh, think that's, definitely. I, I think that's really kind of a, an amazing thing that when you get older, you either pick people differently or yep. you, you have a different standard, but it, it does make for, you know, better, better, better friends. If you look at it on a whole, uh, one of the things I remember you did that, that probably really illustrates this is on, on your show after your wedding, you, you had that picture. Anybody that has been on your show, uh, that was yeah. at the wedding. So any of your friends, we all got together to this massive picture. It's huge. There's a ton of us in that. And you went through and kind of talked about your relationship with each person. And I remember yeah. as you were going through meeting tons of them, and and for each one of them, I remember thinking, I, yeah, I could be friends with this person. Yeah, I really get along with this person. I mean, that y'all's wedding was one where we really, I mean, we enjoyed ourselves immensely. And there's tons of hilarious stories about your your wedding. 
um, and, oh, yeah. and so much fun that was done there. But that that is one of the things that everybody that I've met, I absolutely immensely enjoyed talking to. And I think that's a testament uh, to you and to Haley, uh, but also just to, to getting older and, 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 and having – Maybe the right kind of exclusive club. I don't know, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of here with this one thing. You, you brought up how we're always. Hey, this is you. You both like football. Yeah, go go talk in the corner. Yeah, you both like this. I don't know if I've ever told you the story of that. And we always got we've always got to serve some bar, but Jeff White. And this is kind of towards Kate too. But the first time I ever met Jeff, I don't know if you know this. My ex-wife and Sean, my buddy Sean, his wife were working together with Kate at okay. a store in South Park Mall. And we were all going to go out because we all wanted to get together. And Kate was going to bring her boyfriend. And she was like, oh, y'all, y'all will like him. He's, he's, a, he's a lot like y'all. He's just like you and Sean. And we're like, really? I mean, we're, we're older dudes. You're obviously younger. And I'm like, you know, I don't know that he likes the same thing that we do. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, what's he really into? She's like, oh, he's just, he's like y'all. He's really into rap music. And I'll never forget that Kate, look, uh, Jeff, uh, not Jeff. Sean looked right at Kate and was like, have you been paying attention? There's nothing about me nor Chad that screams rap music. I mean, we had no <laughs> idea. Somehow Kate missed the whole drinking and playing video games. She went right to rap music. I, I, I don't know, Kathy. I don't know what got you <laughs> thinking that, but that's, that's what it is. Hey, listen, it is great to, to, to hear your voice again, man. It's been far too long. We've, uh, you, you, I will tell you that if you've looked on Facebook and Maria puts all the assortments up of how she keeps everybody's Christmas cards um, year after year so we can see how our friends have grown and their families changed, yours, yours and Haley's are right above, right in my eyesight when I sit at my piano. I've been thinking about you a lot over Christmas, so I, I'm glad things are going well with you, man. It's it's great to, to see. And, and by the way, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, if someone wanted to look you up for your business, how do they find you? Uh, you can find me. Send me. At, first of all, Haley gets all the credit for those cards. I just show up for the pictures and try to, <laughs> try to look nice. Um, uh, so if you, if you wanted to find me, you would... Uh, I don't have an email yet for private bartending. I am working on that sooner than later. But for now, if you need if you need one heck of a relaxing massage, if you need some level of myofascial release, a little bit of uh, a little bit of relaxation, you would email me at the helpful hands of Henry at gmail dot com. I repeat, the helpful hands of Henry at gmail dot com. I love it. I love that. And, and and one last thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you immensely for getting your New York Giants to beat the Philadelphia Eagles so that my Dallas Cowboys could win the division. I, I just want you to know I really appreciate that. I, I am such a conspiracy theorist, and I am – and <laughs> fi losing five out of six is probably not helping my conspiracy theory. They actually look like they're awful, but I was convinced that the Eagles were tanking so that they could play Tampa instead of the Packers. I think the Eagles actually might just be terrible. And by the way, I really, as a person who loves the New York football giants and, uh, and appreciates the competitive nature of every athlete, I'm so happy that a Sterling Shepard and a Saquon Barkley, I, I love that they got to end the season with a win. Yeah. A lot yeah. of them are not going to be New York giants yeah. anymore. But yep. boy, the, the number two overall pick, it was right in their lap. <laughs> <laughs>
For Drake May, people, Daniel Jones is not the answer. That's right. That's right. Hey, Sarm, it is great to hear your voice again, brother. Thanks so much for spending time with us this week and for starting off the new year for us. And I look forward to talking and hopefully drinking and hanging out, I guess, at somebody's wedding because that's the only time we hang out, at least sometimes too, my man. Fine by me. Thank you for letting me ramble as usual, Jack. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. stays the same when you're out of the game for too long As if you're looking back trying to find the tracks they're all windblown I'm always shedding my skin even from within and I don't know where I've been where I go is the future so cause when I think about how the way things should have gone I'm still out here on my own Dale Carnegie uh, one time said that friendship runs in two different ways. He said you can make more friends in two weeks by genuinely showing interest in them than you can make in two years by trying to get them interested in you. I fully, fully believe that. I think one of the things that has served me well uh, that I was taught at a young age is to be genuinely curious and interested about people. And sometimes I get, um, I get this, I, I get, I get labeled as a guy that can make friends really quickly, but it's really just a matter of, I, I just find people interesting and I want to learn more about them. And, and I find that really kind of come back on you. It comes back to you. Hank is the perfect example of that. I mean, he just is. Hank is someone that you could want to sit and talk with, but he's going to want and talk back to you, not just because he likes to ask questions, not just because he says he rambles. He doesn't ramble. I um, he, he wants he doesn't want to be interviewed by himself on stage. I think that would drive Hank nuts. And, and I love that about him. It's it's one of the things that it makes it so easy. Anytime you bring um, anything up around Hank, it's a conversation. It's it's never a dissertation. And I think that's really cool. And I think it's amazing. And I knew that he would have a wonderful perspective on this. You know, it's funny. The older I get, I think about the names uh, of the kids that were there for me growing up. You know, there's, there's not a lot of people that beat the names like uh, in my life, like Kevin McCann and uh, guys like uh, uh, Jason Tuning, John Davis, Brett Granger, Daniel LaGrange, these guys that were very close to me, the people that were in a youth group in Florence, Erica Boyce, Daniel Brumall, Danny Goldrick, I could go on and on with tons of these names, that, that will always sit there. They were good friends, and they really were. But as, as a kid, I, I didn't know how to be a person yet. <laughs> I was a kid, and I made friends like a kid. And luckily, some of them were important, and I held on to them, and I at least know where they exist, almost all of them. A couple of them break my heart. I don't I don't know what's up with those guys to this, this day. I, 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 I shudder to look too hard, but um, 
It is wonderful, but I, you know, I only knew how to make friends as a, as a kid. The older I've gotten, I've found that the friends that I have around me, I, I don't know that I uh, purposefully changed anything. Just as my life changed, I, I noticed that my friends did. My, my grandparents used to have that old saying, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future, as kind of a commentary towards bad habits and bad decisions and things that will influence you. And I completely get that. And there, there's truth to that. But one of the things that's amazing is as I've gotten older, my, my friends have just kind of been built differently. And I think Hank put it perfectly. When he said that, did it resonate with you? That your friends today, for the most part, could probably be friends with each other devoid of you. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's, I think that's when you've done it right. You found your village, your tribe, your squad, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes it's it's funny. As a guy, I think it can be different. You, you go forever without talking. You sit down and talk like Hank and I just did. Things may be different. They're more different than what Hank and I let on. But when it comes to us and our friendship and our relationship, there's nothing that's affected that. We can sit around and talk about uh, maybe new perspective or new things or, or, or certainly current events, but but nothing's really changed with us, with me and Hank. And I think that happens a lot with guys. And, and, and as I look around, I think about the people that are they're close to me, the people that mean a lot to me that I think about a lot. I'm like, you know what, Chad, you need, you need to you need to reach out a little bit more. And I want to, but one of the things that makes me happy sometimes is uh, when I see some of them hanging out without me. I have, we have this friend, uh, it's actually Don Merkel's girlfriend, uh, Brooke, which, by the way, if you're new to the show, all the music is, is Don Merkel's. He's the singer-songwriter out of Charleston, South Carolina. You can find him at donmerkel.com. But uh, Don's girlfriend, Brooke, is so funny because she will laughingly say that she just gets so jealous whenever we're hanging out with other friends of ours, Ace and Jamie, uh, it, without them. Well, we live in Columbia. They live, they live like an hour and a half away. Uh, but uh, we, we do, we'll do. we all kind of pick on each other when all of a sudden Ace and Jamie are down there doing something with Don and Brooke. We always Somebody will throw up, a, oh, my gosh, I'm just so jealous y'all get to spend time with each other. But there's a part of that that's true, though. We, we want to be able to spend that time. But, man, isn't it great when you see your village interacting? I've thought, uh, I've thought about that a lot lately um, from a different perspective, from watching everybody in our family figure out what to do with my wife's sister's child with, with Jamie's child. And uh, as I've been worried about it, I've been amazed from my seat to see the family that has jumped up and said they want to help and how they want to support. And then uh, the ones that have really stepped up, how some of us have sat there on the side and say, okay, so how do we support them? But not only that, seeing their friends, Seeing that the people that have come forward, my wife put something out there. She, or actually, I think, um, I think uh, Jamie's other sister-in-law, Taylor, started it. Somebody started a GoFundMe, and they just threw it on their Facebook page. I think within a day, it had over two grand in it. And all these people and their friends, people that have tried to reach out, not just financially, but but in a lot of other areas, and and you see that, and suddenly I realized that sometimes it's real important for that group to be solid for those friends to really have that for there to be people within our grasp 
because there's there's times that that we don't get to be there and there's going to be a time when we're not anymore. And I think that that is, uh, yeah, it's not just because the older I get, but just some of the crap I've seen lately that I realize there's some importance to that too. It's nice. It's nice when you can be Hank Thorpe and you can look at the picture from your wedding of all your friends that have been on your show that were at your wedding. It was half the damn wedding. And when you look and you can talk about each one of them and you can draw lines that look more intricate than a spider's web in between all of them, that is an impressive thing. And it's not just a testament to to Hank and to Haley, although they are wonderful people and great friends, but it's a testament to the people that they have surrounded themselves with. They're good people, people that like to be around other people, and people that would be there for other people, especially as they got to know each other more. I don't I don't know why that seems to be more rare in younger generations now. Maybe it was always it, maybe we just weren't there as we were growing and maybe this at this is the age that it starts happening. I'm 46 years old and I look around at the friends that I've had and my life's changed a couple of times over the, my 20s and 30s, so I get that I've had some restarts, but I see this amongst a lot of the people I know now. And I think that having friends at this age is one of the things that you don't really see coming. But man, when you turn and you look at the friends you have, when you start getting into your mid forties and you start creeping up towards that five Oh man, the friends that you have and the way you make friends when you get older, no one told me it was, it was this fulfilling, but it really is. Sure, we take them for granted. Sure, we've got some people we haven't reached out to in a while. Maybe we haven't been the best friend we can be. But, man, I'm going to tell you, you go through something hard and you'll you'll see who your friends are. And it's really kind of nice that a lot of the times when you're younger, you find yourself alone. When you're older, it's hard to get that alone time. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you something. Uh, this show is a friend of mine that I look forward to spending more time with this year. The people that I'm going to bring on over the next few weeks are people that that uh if if it all if all goes knock on wood if all goes like it should uh are people that that kind of fit this 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 mold that have something interesting to bring forth to the table of positivity and interesting stories but have a connection where they can be friends with anybody else that's on this show right now. Because I dig that vibe, and I think it's something that we need more of. And maybe it's something that we can do when we're younger. We just don't put any importance to it. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Friends are friends are important. Family is important, but some of us just don't have family. Some of us don't have family the way other people have family. Just don't. Situations are different. You can choose your friends. You can't choose family members just the way that it is. It's no knock to to people that have strong families. That's great, but a lot of us just don't. So you got to look to where your tribe is. You got to look to where your people are. And when you see a group of people around you that can all be friends without you, 
I think that's a good sign of where you found you found your people. And uh and, uh, and apologies to to Kate for making fun of her. <laughs> we always make fun of Jeff. We never make fun of Kate. I had to throw that in there. I hope that uh, this new year brings you uh, all the things that you want. And if it doesn't bring you the things you want, I hope you find the way to go get them. I'm going to tell you, uh, I've been reminded over the past six months of my life of something, and this kind of goes without saying every day, or maybe it's said too much and overblown and you kind of just don't realize it. But I want to end today's show uh, with telling you something. All this stuff, all of this, this whole life thing, everything that we're going through, all the things that you want to do, it, man, this stuff is fleeting. Go do the things that you need to do each day. Do the things that you need to do to sustain your life. Do good in your job. If you haven't been doing good in your job lately, rededicate yourself to it. Do the things that put food on the table that allow for you to do the things that you love. But when it comes time, when it comes time to spending time, doing the things you love or spending it with those people that you love or both, then you take that time. If work won't let you off, find another job. All this stuff, all this stuff is just too fast. But it's a ride. It's a great ride. It's a fun ride. It's thrilling. It's crazy. It's got its ups and downs. But man, just like any ride, it's just over way too fast. Do me a favor. Go call up a friend tonight. And until next week, take care. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.